welcome in to another episode of the Growing Faith Podcast. My name is Rick McClatchy. I'm your host today, and I've invited back my great friend, and uh, she practically deserves a paycheck at this point, having been on so many episodes. Kayla Smith, welcome back in to the program. How are you today? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for having me back. Oh, it is a pleasure to have you. And I figure since you are in part one, it's only good that I invite you back for part two, right? So, um, but speaking of that, uh, last week we talked about um, being missional, making sure that our small groups are missional. Um, so, of course, we started by kind of defining what does it mean to be missional and it's kind of a made-up word, honestly, if you go try to define missional. It's like uh, being on mission, like being about mission. And so, um, and as Christians, you know, uh, we, we believe Matthew 28, 18 through 20 tells us about, you know, go into all the world, preach the gospel, make disciples and teach them and baptize them and teach them to do all of these things that I've taught you to do. And uh, so that's that's what we're supposed to be about um, as Christians. We're supposed to be about the great co-mission. So uh, we're going to, uh, I like it's like mission, uh, but it's got the co part, which means we get to do it together and we're not just uh, out on our own. And so thank, thank goodness for the body of Christ and the family of God being able to do this mission together. So um and then we talked about trying to define the why. Like, why why is it important for your small group to be on mission? And a lot of this really applies to the individual in much the same way as it applies to the small group. And uh, we, we made reference to James chapter 1, uh, where James basically says, Hey, uh, don't just be a great Bible reader person, but make sure that you're a Bible doer person. You know, don't just be a hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word. Um, and actually the stuff that he says there is like, you, you straight up deceive yourself. You know, if you if you hear the word a lot and you don't do the word a lot, you, you trick yourself into thinking that you are in a far better place than you actually are. And I think that's where the Pharisees found themselves in. Uh, that position um, as Jesus came along and they kind of missed the boat a little bit. Um, and then I like how he just breaks it down to say that pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. And it's just like, wow, that's such a simple uh, breakdown. And then uh, we talked uh, about the picture of the Sea of Galilee versus the Dead Sea. Um, the main difference between those two bodies of water, um, is, like as far as structural, is uh, the, the Sea of Galilee has an inlet. It's always receiving fresh water, and then it has an outlet where it is able to send things. So there's this constant flow and nothing to stagnate, uh, whereas the Dead Sea has a lot of input, you know, has a lot. It's always receiving, always receiving, and yet no output whatsoever. And the result of that setup is basically um, mostly toxic. I mean, there is uh, some medicinal features that come from the Dead Sea region, and I don't want to belittle that. And we talked about that a little bit last week, actually just saying that that's kind of just the beautiful 
grace of God that even in a place of uh, your life basically being toxic, that God could still bring medicinal purposes to other people through it um, as they come to gawk at you in your weirdness. So <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I won't go down that uh, rabbit trail. I'm, I'm growing and maturing these days. Um, <laughs> and so, so uh, first off, did you have any comments that you wanted to make? Do you feel like I made a good recap there or did I miss anything? Um, I think you did a really good job there. I mean, you know, you just summed it up basically the the great commission, love our neighbors like ourselves, go out into the world and make disciples and teach them, you know, all about Jesus. Um, we also touched last week on the four, <clears throat> excuse me, the four concentric circles of influence that we care about and that we can have as groups. And the first was our own group, you know, inviting members into our group, caring for the members that are in our group, helping them disciple, help them find their next steps in walking with the Lord making sure we're always reaching out into our church and inviting new members and helping them get started with Jesus and with the church. Um, the next one was our neighbors and our neighborhood. And, you know, this is our biggest command, really. You know, we have to go out and love our neighbors as we love ourselves. Um, and people really want that. People are looking for something to connect to. Um, so that's a really important one. And then the third concentric circle was our local church and just making sure that we're part of a really vibrant church community that is so important for us. And it gives us a lot of opportunities and a lot of chances to reach the world, reach our neighborhood and reach and help, you know, reach out and create a thriving group. And then the last one was the bigger picture of um, outside the church into our cities, our states, our communities, our world, and really, you know, moving away from our own small sphere of influence and trying to expand that out to touch as much as we can. Yeah, so good. And so, yeah, so the last episode, we were basically overall talking about um, the the why. So we wanted to convince people, uh, maybe they needed convincing, maybe they needed reminding. I think, you know, sometimes we're, we're in either of those places. Um, so we wanted to establish a firm case for why we're even having this conversation um, and then we talked a little bit about um, the kind of the who or the where in a, a little bit uh, with the concentric circles. Um, so today we're going to talk a little bit more practically speaking about just the how. So how do you go and basically be like if you if you have a small group today that on a scale from one to ten in missionality, if that's or if we're making up words here, you know, so it's. If you're a zero, you know, on a scale from one to 10 is where do you start? Like what, what little things can you do to begin to move your group from a place of potential stagnation to a place of like kingdom activity and winning, you know, because, hey, yeah. we're, we're already on the winning team. So it's not a matter of if you're going to win. It's just a matter of how engaged in the process are you going to allow yourself and the group that you're leading or maybe just the group that you're a part of and you're you're choosing to influence that group because we don't uh, you know how many out there know you can help lead a group and not be the leader of the group right so so I, I made up a word yeah uh, with an acronym I mean the word exists but uh, <laughs> I didn't make that word up but uh, I, I made up an acronym for this to make it a little easier to remember and, uh, and then I thought, we'll tie it in uh, with Jesus 
with his disciples and his 70, when he was sending them out to go be on mission, the Bible says he sent them out two by two or in pairs. And so the word that I picked um, to kind of represent some of the how that we're going to talk about today, and this is not exhaustive. I mean, shoot, you could probably listen to 12 other episodes of other great podcasts out there, and they'd have some other great ways. Uh, But this is a great starting point. And so it's the word pairs, P-A-I-R-S, not the fruit pairs, but, you know, uh, the two by two pairs. And um, so the P, uh, I think I'll give all of the words and then we'll we'll hit each one of them and talk about it a little bit. So the P is prayer. The A is action. The I is intentionality. The R is resource. And the S, as in Sam, <laughs> I always feel like you have to say that because did he say S or F? I don't know what he said. And um, is it pears or perf? <laughs> um, okay. I've had too much coffee this morning, and so I'm very excited to be here. Uh, and the S is sacrifice. Um, and so uh, all of these pieces should be part of our process, I believe. So mm-hmm. let's start off with prayer. Sorry, you froze there for a second. Uh, okay, sorry, you cut out for me there for just a second. So yeah, we're going to start you, you off with, I love internet sometimes. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so we're going to start with uh, prayer. And, okay. you know, sometimes I think uh, it's a reflection of maybe a lack of faith in our hearts. If, you know, if there's a lack of prayer in our lives, uh, probably because we don't have a firm conviction in our heart of the value of prayer um, because I, I could almost hear people listening to the podcast be like, really, Rick? <laughs> you know, come on, Rick and Kayla. I think you probably could have come up with something better than prayer. You know, like, uh, is that your best? You know, because it's like almost your excuse uh, for not maybe maybe people don't want to go out and do something especially in today's climate of you know uh-huh. pandemic fear all of that kind of stuff uh but man james chapter 5 says that the effective fervent prayer of the righteous avails much and uh man there's you know I should have found a couple of great quotes, but I didn't. Uh, there's a couple of great leaders out there um, over the course of history that have been like, man, if you have an hour of work to do, spend the first 55 minutes in prayer, you know, like um, make sure that you've covered that thing with prayer. And that doesn't mean that we're excusing actually getting out there and doing something, which is why the second word exists in our little acronym. Um, but As you take the word prayer, and then, you know, you could ask the question, well, what are you praying for, right? I mean. Right, yeah. And so then I just go to apply it to our concentric circles. That's why we kind of established this little grid of concentric circles, is then when you take the the pairs word, and you take all of your different things that we're going to talk about, then you know, okay, how, how does prayer apply? How can I apply that? action of prayer to my small group? How can I apply it to my neighbors and my neighborhood? How can I apply it to my local church? How can I apply it to the nations? And so, um, I mean, 
you're a small group leader. How, how do you as a small group leader apply the action of prayer um, to your small group? Yeah, I mean, I think prayer is, it, I, I love that you put it first in the acronym because I think it, it needs to be the foundation and it needs to be the first action that we do as Christians, I think, in almost anything that we do, you know? And so I, I think I think it's great that it's right there at the forefront of everything because it's what, what we ultimately have to start with and what we have to come back to is that connection with God and that line with God and just aligning ourselves with his will and asking him, what do you want this to look like? What do you want me to be doing here? And finding and asking for that clarity. But when it comes to my small group, um, I definitely try, I, I pray for my girls regularly. That's really important to me. Um, in the Mana House group leader orientation, they even say that you should pray for each member of your group by name daily. And um, I'm, an, I'm an imperfect person, so that probably doesn't happen as every single day, but I do try. I do have a list of my girls, and I do just even just quickly be like, just bless them and protect them. You know, even if I don't, I, I don't have time necessarily to go on the three-hour-long prayers for each of them, but I at least try to, like, just quickly um, hit them and just, you know, pray a quick prayer blessing over them. But, you know, I really try and make sure that prayer is involved in our small group time every time we get together. I ask the girls if they have prayer requests um, that we can bring forth. Um, I tell them, I frequently tell them that I'm praying for them. I frequently say that they can reach out to me if they have personal prayer requests that they don't want to share with the group. But um, I think it's just really important to model that as leaders to our groups too. So just, I try to make sure that we have prayer at least once in every group session we get together, whether it's just a quick, you know, closing after we, you know, hung out for the day and did some fun stuff just to steal that time, whether it's opening up before we dive into a Bible study, um, whether it's just realizing that somebody's going through something and we need to just lay hands on them, just trying to make sure that prayer is definitely a part of um, our group every time we get together. Yeah, that's so good. And and one of the really powerful things that that accomplishes as we um, as we take people in our group and we point them towards prayer um, in their points of need is then it turns their focus to God as their source and their provider. Um, one example that that I've always had um, is probably about eight years ago. I had a guy in, um, he wasn't in my small group, but it was just a guy I was kind of working with. And, um, and he was like, he calls me one day and he's like, bro, you know, my my car just died and like, I'm going to lose my job and I'm going to like have all kinds of problems if I don't have a car. And he was uh, like recently divorced. And so um, there was the whole like kids on the weekend kind of thing going on. And he was like, I won't be able to see my kids and I'm going to lose my job. And I, you know, like it was a major, it was like a major, major life crisis. It wasn't just like, Oh, bummer. I have to take the bus. It was like, this is going to ruin, <laughs> you know, life as I know it right now. Yeah. Snowballing I, I, I still remember where I was standing uh, in, in the house I was living in at the time. And, uh, and I just remember like being totally overwhelmed, like, okay. Uh, and I remember there was like this, I need $2,500 cause there was a, a car that was available to him. And he needed $2,500 in order to be able to get it. And, uh, and I was like, uh, like, I don't have it. The, the church, we didn't have it available. And, you know, like all this stuff. And I'm like, 
man, I, I think we're just going to have to pray about this. You know, like, I don't know what to do. And so we prayed about it. And, uh, and I'm literally on a scale from one to 10 of the level of faith that, you know, Pastor Rick was praying with. Oh, maybe a 1.5, you know, like it was pretty poor. Like I had no, like I didn't have any stirring in my heart. Like, oh man, God's going to do something and this is going to be awesome. I was like, well, I don't have anything else to do. So I guess I'll pray about it, you know, and um, man, to see God show up the very next day, he calls me, he's like, Rick, you will never believe what happened. And, and because we had stopped in our moment of desperation and called on God, mm-hmm. when the solution came, God got all of the glory. Yeah. And that's like our, our key, like purpose in life, you know, even beyond getting people to love Jesus and follow Jesus. It's actually more important than that is to honor and glorify God's name. It just so happens that as we honor and glorify God's name, that people are drawn to him. But so I think when we pray for people and we tell them we are praying for them and we, when our response in front of them is, Hey, you're in a really significant place of need. Let's pray about that, that it helps train their heart to look to God in the midst of anything that they're facing. And so that's a huge, um, yeah, that is so good. And, and if I could just add one little thing there, um, when my dad was really sick and things like going on in the hospital with him, you know, I would text out to people like in a panic, like just sobbing, texting people and in a panic, what was going on. And, you know, of course people would text back, Oh, I'm praying. We're praying right now. We're getting together. We're praying for you. And then there was one person in particular and she would send me voice clips of her praying. Mm. And that was so powerful to actually like hear prayers spoken aloud in his hospital room. And I still have those because like there was just something that was Mm. different about having that voice next to me praying aloud and the atmosphere would change. Things would calm down. And, you know, even if the situation didn't change, like the peace would come differently. And so, yeah, like the power of prayer is like no joke. And I think you're totally right. Like when we model that to our group leader members and we kind of acknowledge that, like, we've got nothing else to throw out this problem, but prayer, you know, it, it trains them that it trains and it trains ourselves too. It trains our own hearts that this yeah. needs to be the first line of defense, not the last resort. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. My, <laughs> Uh, my my father-in-law, one of his common things would be like, has it come to this? You know, like, oh, has it come to this? We should actually pray about it. Like, yeah. uh, maybe we should have started there. So, uh, yeah, lesson learned. So, um, so then I think prayer is you apply it to neighbor's neighborhood. You know, I guess you don't want to, like, belabor this point on every part of our acronym. But again, just making ourselves available to pray for neighbors. Um, face-to-face, you know, if we have those interactions, but also making a point to be praying for our neighbors, for opportunities to connect, for opportunities to meet needs, for uh, all of those types of things. And then local church, kind of the same thing, praying for people that we're connected to in the church, praying that the church would do well, praying for the leaders that they would lead well. All of those things are great things to be invested in, you know, and so, um, and then outside the church, excuse me, outside the church, the, the nations, the nation that we live in, the nations of the world, 
I think a great way to apply prayer um, is to either adopt a missionary or a couple of missionaries or adopt a nation and just say, you know, we'll just say Uganda, for example, like your small group, you're like, hey, you know what? We're, you know, there's obviously a, whatever it is, 194, whatever, however many countries there are in the world. Um, we we're, we could uh, do a bunch, but we're just going to pick one to focus on and we're going to pray that God would uh, do mighty, incredible things in that nation. And so um, so you just you adopt Uganda, maybe you identify a church or a missionary there that you want to specifically pray for. And then potentially even support financially, you know, as we talk about the uh, the the resource and sacrifice portions of our acronym, um, it's just a great way to begin to engage people's hearts in something that is beyond their own world. Uh, because I think uh, American culture tends to, you know, just almost uh, cave in on itself because it we're so self-centered as a culture, you know, like. Americans are looking out for number one. They're thinking about what do I need, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, so the second word in there, uh, in so we have P and prayer. A is action, and I, I built that in here so that we don't think that just praying is enough. Like, be you know, it is super important, and I won't do anything to minimize or pull people away from that. But God also told us to go. Like he, he said, and, and kind of the way that it can read in there is as you go, like as you're going in your life, preach the gospel, make disciples, baptize them. And so it doesn't always mean go to the other side of the world. It might be go to the other side of the street. And so, um, yeah, I just thought that action piece is a good one to like um, now then apply action. How how can I apply action of missional living to my small group, to my local church, or to my neighborhood and my neighbors, to my local church, to the the nation and the nations of the world? And so you can kind of see how this grid or this framework begins to help you as a small group leader or just as a Christian for crying out loud, have a way to think through and begin to devise a plan of bite size, easy to figure out step-by-step process. Like I don't want you to become Reinhard Bonnke all of a sudden and be like, you know, international world traveling evangelist. No, I just want you to be who God has called you to be. And we're going to do that through prayer through action. And then um, the I in there is intentionality. And that is just to say that the action is not going to happen on accident, right? So, um, so as a small group leader, I need to take some intentionality to lead my group uh, into that because they're probably just Americans thinking about their own world right now. And I need to pull them more so into a kingdom thought process and kingdom thought process is not thinking about myself, but is thinking about since God has so abundantly cared for me, how can I then take that and go care for others? Right. Yeah. The action and intentionality piece of it, I think is, 
you're right. They do kind of like go hand in hand. And the way I think about it is just like at some point you got to get your hands a little bit dirty. You got to like dive in and, and, you know, knock on that first door or go out there and say hello to that first person. And it's not easy and it's not hard and it's nerve wracking and it's scary. Um, for some people like me, who's very introverted and not at all an extrovert and not an Enneagram seven, but, um, but there's so much fruit that can be born and you'll be amazed at what, like, what can happen when you just God, when you just listen to what he's asking you to do and what he's telling you to do and just carefully and intentionally reach out and step out into the world and model that and invite that for your group and invite them to join you in that. It's just, it's powerful. That's so good. Yeah. So definitely action and intentionality go hand in hand. And then I think the next two actually go hand in hand as well. The R is resource. And um, obviously if you're thinking about global missions and stuff like that, resource is probably money you know that's probably are you giving money anywhere um to be a support and i remember um you know even being you know a pastor at the church and all that like um some people just think that i got it all figured out and i got it all dialed in but like i i believe i believe wrong things sometimes and i remember talking to a uh, dear friend of mine who um, is now a missionary uh, in Southeast Asia. And, um, and I remember just thinking like, I don't have much money to spare, you know, like I'm just trying to get by with my family. And, and I was like, man, I, maybe I could do 25 bucks a month. Like, I think I might be able to figure that out, you know? And, uh, and I was just like, gosh, I'm so sorry that I, um, I can barely support you, you know, like 25 bucks a month is like nothing. And she looked at me in the face and she was like, that is a lie. She's like, that is incredible. Like, do not despise, you know, the Bible says don't, you know, don't despise the small beginnings, right? Like, um, man, who knows, 10 years from now, it could be uh, $250 a month because of, you know, just more resource coming in or whatever. But what it means is I'm not going to trick myself into believing that the little that I can give is not worth giving. Totally. That's, cer that's certainly not a biblical concept, right? Yeah. I mean, but yet we allow our brains to fall into that trap. At least I do. I don't know if you've ever fallen into that trap. Totally. Yeah. But I mean, you're right. That, that, that little $25 a month could be, you know, whether or not they are, you know, I think it's also important to remember that, you know, $25 U.S. spends differently around the world, you know, but um, it can go a lot farther in some countries. But it's also like th that $25 a month might be the difference between these people in this country and their church and, I don't know, maybe they run an orphanage or maybe they have this or that going on. And that can be the difference between them being able to bring in that extra child to their orphanage. Or, but, you know, or maybe it's that being able to actually help this member of their church rebuild their house. You know, it's just that $25, you don't know what it's going to do. You know, you don't know where it's going to impact. It might not be a super great help to that missionary's, like, personal bottom line and feeding their own family. And, like, you know, maybe that's all covered. But it's going to help them reach more people, potentially. You don't know right. what it's going to do, though. So, yeah, don't listen to the lie of it's not important. It's not worth giving. It is worth giving. Like if you yeah, have $5 a month to give, give it, you know, yeah. and 
God will multiply it and do things with it. And I also think that, um, you know, like if you really boil it down, does God need our money? No, yeah. like God's the God of all resource. Like, you know, he spoke the world into existence. I think he could handle a couple of bars of gold or something, you know, to help finance uh, work. And if, if anybody out there has ever read anything about George Mueller, I mean, his ridiculous life of faith living, if you have never heard of him or read anything about him, I highly recommend it. Just pretty much pick up any old, um, any old like biography on Mueller. I don't have a one off the top of my head that I recommend. Um, but and actually read a book. I can't remember the title. Oh, such a great host right now. Um, is it was along the lines of like um, having specificity in your prayer requests. And so he actually was like, you know, uh, sometimes I prayed such general loose prayers. God didn't answer him because like I wasn't being specific enough. You know, and not like he's trying to write doctrine with uh, with his uh, book that he's writing about. He's just reflecting on his journey. He yeah. said, so he said, so I, so I said, Lord, I need, you know, $157 and 12 cents in order for us to be able to pay the power bill. Um, and, you know, he lived in Britain, so it wasn't, uh, wasn't dollar us dollars, but um, he goes, and the next day uh, somebody showed up and was like, Hey, I wrote you a check for $157 and 12 cents because I don't know, the Lord told me to, and, um, and so it, again, uh, I love how I can get so distracted. Uh, George Mueller, incredible story of faith living. I highly recommend reading it. It will challenge you. It will help you grow. Um, but where I was going with that is God doesn't need our money in this process because he will, he will advance his work that he has ordained to happen. However the heck he wants to. Now, he has chosen to work with us and through us. So I believe what's more important in this process is what God does in our heart. I mean, Jesus says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where we invest our resources, our heart will naturally be tied to. Um, and so it's kind of fun because I give some money every month to these missionaries in Southeast Asia, I get reports. I get emails and stuff, and I am more interested and more invested in their testimonies and their stories and their prayer requests and their challenges than many other reports I ever get to hear because they are the people I'm sewing into. It's kind of like if you buy, uh, if you buy stock in a company, well, all of a sudden you're very interested in how they are performing, you know, like, Oh, did uh, Starbucks go up today? You know, like, uh, Oh, did, you know, how's Microsoft doing? Um, because you are invested. And so now your heart has become attached to this, uh, to this entity. And so, I actually feel like that is the powerful seed here that we are planting into our small groups that transforms people's lives because as they begin to have, like, it's like giving the Holy Spirit permission to like wreck your world in the, in the best of ways, you know, like yeah. as you begin to go, wow, 
I, I sacrificed a couple copies this month so that I could help support a missionary in Uganda or whatever. And I mean, like, you're right. Money in America goes uh, a lot further in these, uh, in these third world developing nations. Uh, so much so that like our church, because of the generosity of the people in our church, we were able to send money to a church in Uganda because they're, they have a cash-based society. So this pandemic thing like racked their church financially. Like they couldn't pay any of their staff, like all of the sudden, you know, just like whammo. I mean, they were having to try to figure out how to take food to their staff people, let alone figure out how to pay them, you know, like, and um, so because of the generosity of people in our church, we were able to send them money. And because of the way that their economy works, like we're actually able to support practically their whole staff for like two whole months. Uh, and and it's not like we gave this ridiculous amount of money. It's like, I mean, it's a pretty good amount of money. It's pretty exciting. And it's like, but what it means to them is like, you know, like mind blowing so big. Um, and I think that because we took some of the church's money that people gave and we sew it into this church in Uganda, now there's a whole bunch of people in the church thinking about Uganda today, praying for Uganda today. Totally. That, that the looking it up on the map, where is Uganda? You know, like learning where this place is and that there are people there that God loves and they're getting a burden on their heart and one day they're going to travel there. And they're, I mean, really the, the outworkings of this, uh, it, it's, it's amazing. Man. Yeah. And, and I think too, that like the idea of giving and, and, and that sacrifice is a faith exercise too, right? Because it can yes. be really scary to give up our resources and to, you know, especially if we're on a tighter budget and we're, you know, moving this or that around in order to make room for it, that's a scary thought, you know, to just be like sending money out and not having something tangible coming back in that you can use to secure or stabilize or further your own life. And so, yeah, I think it's a faith exercise too, just like the tithing principle, you know, we get that to 10%. It's, it's scary if your budget's tighter, but we're trusting God. And again, we're modeling that for our groups. You know, maybe you adopt a missionary as a group and you just do a once a month collection or something. Maybe it's, you encourage everybody to find somewhere that they want to give, but it's, it's an exercise in so many different parts of our walk as Christians that it's, and it's so important. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it is a crazy. And so I think, you know, maybe we're kind of talking about the obvious, the obvious one when we talk about global missions, as far as being a place for resource and sacrifice to go. Um, I just thought maybe, maybe it's helpful to even think about our group and our neighbors and our neighborhood. Um, you know, throw out a couple of ideas or, you know, maybe some ways, maybe you have even invested some of your resource into your group or neighbors or any of that, like throw out some thoughts for me on that point. Cause I think a little bit of clarification or adding in will be helpful. Uh, on resources, like on the resource idea for our groups in our neighborhood. Yeah. 
So, yeah, I mean, again, it's the idea, I think, of are you how much are you willing to sacrifice to serve others a little bit, you know? Um, maybe it's purchasing all the snacks for your group and not expecting anybody else to chip in, you know? Yeah. Um, maybe it's finding a need in your group and, you know, depending on the situation, depending on the situation, you can keep it anonymous or not, but putting up a collection for somebody in your group and what they're going through, you know, maybe it's helping them pay their college tuition at PBC or our church Bible college. Maybe it's helping somebody with a car repair bill. Maybe it's helping somebody purchase, you know, new school clothes for their kids. Um, so, you know, looking at ways that you can help people and rather than having that instinctual, like, Oh, I, it's not my place to be buying them something or, or I don't, I don't, it's not really in my budget for me to be purchasing this for people kind of just sitting back and being like, well, is it not in my budget? Or is that just like a couple less coffees that I can, that I can have this month? Um, and then, you know, when you're thinking about your neighborhood and your local church, you know, what are ways that you can maybe just brighten things up? You know, maybe next time you're at the grocery store and they have a deal on like flowers grab a couple bouquets and stick them on neighbor's doorsteps, you know, a little note. Hi, I'm your neighbor in apartment, blah, blah, blah. Just want to brighten your day. Let me know if I can pray for you. You know, um, maybe it's, if you know of like somebody in particular in your neighborhood that's struggling right now that lost their job, anonymously dropping off a bag of healthy groceries, staples, you know, um, maybe it's, I don't know. I mean, maybe in, you know, finding organizations within your community to donate to rather than looking to missionaries around the world, maybe you donate to the Portland mission. Maybe you find a, 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 a pregnancy resource center where women are going to keep their babies and trying to support them and helping these women get, you know, get their, their first starts to motherhood off on a really good place. Maybe it is, you know, helping the homeless in some way. Maybe it's, you know, finding a great deal on scarves and mittens and then dropping off a whole load of them to a, a shelter somewhere. I mean, just pushing through that insecurity and that fear and that first kind of gut of, Oh, it's on my budget or, Oh, I can't afford that. Or, Oh, I, that's a, I don't want to spend money on that. And just being like, okay, what do I have to move around in my budget? What do I have to sacrifice? What do I have to make differently to make this work? And, and how can I do it to glorify God? Yeah, that's so, so good. You just, you hit the nail right on the head. Um, just in all of those examples. Um, I mean, that's exactly what I, I want to try to convey. Um, and also to think that our, our time is a resource. You know, we, we said like our time, our talent and our treasure, you know? And so when it, when it comes to global missions, a lot of times, like really the only big way that we can give is money right like but when it comes to neighbors group neighborhood local church um i always make reference to there was a time when man our our church website was a disaster like it was horrible Ugh. and um we had a guy in the church that was a, a self-proclaimed web ninja you know um and he literally just came into the church and donated hours and hours and hours of his time redesigning our entire church website. And 
and it, you know, if you look at like web design program people, those companies and kind of the average rates that they charge, um, goodness gracious, you know how much money he essentially donated to the church by using his talents and giving some of his time to the work of the kingdom of God, right? And so, um, so sometimes it's not about money, but it is about sacrifice of our time. Yeah. And, and you could even, yeah. And you could even like have a whole group, start a group centered around using your talents to impact the world. Maybe it's yeah, a group that, on. you know, gets together once a month and knits scarves and gloves for homeless or baby onesies for mothers to be, or, you know, but it, there's so many talents out there and, and gifts, giftings and skill sets that many people share in that overlap and you can totally like bring them together and maybe they just need a place to all join in and begin to create something new and you can get supplies donated. And a lot of people are like, I can't knit to save my life, but I will happily buy you five balls of yarn. <laughs> so, yeah, you absolutely. know, like, yeah. Yeah. And that's how the body of Christ, I think, comes together and does great things is because like one person has a hundred extra dollars in their budget to go buy stuff. And then they got other people over here. that are like, well, I don't have any extra money, but man, I got time on my hands to like you're saying to knit or to, you know, to assemble to whatever. Um, and then I, I have a friend that works at a kind of a recovery facility that um, it's like a men's recovery facility where these guys come in and it's free of charge and they it's like a discipleship and recovery program so they do bible studies and all kinds of stuff but i mean the guys live there I and mean, they most of a lot of them end up getting jobs eventually and so but uh you know some of the avenues of volunteering they have there are literally like hey come and build a relationship with the guys like come and get to know them come and be their friend because part of the recovery process is uh, establishing a new network of people to hang out with. Because if you leave and you go hang out with the same people that you used to run with, odds are you get pulled right back into the same old lifestyle. Um, and so actually, you know, that's where the church could be humongous for the recovery process is providing a network of people that hopefully have, you know, healthier lifestyle, you know, choices going on. And so I just think, um, and that also you can help lead Bible studies and all kinds yeah. of stuff. And it doesn't take massive amounts of talent. It doesn't take massive amounts of, you know, doesn't take a Bible college education. You just go in and talk about the story of Daniel and the lion's den and how important prayer is and, you know, being, uh, being not afraid to stand up for what you believe in. And, you know, like, oh, really, really simple stuff that you can share with people that can actually help change the course of their life. And so, um, man, so prayer, action, intentionality, resource, and sacrifice all applied kind of through that concentric circle grid that we've talked about as a great um, kind of um, how, when, and where sort of um, of being missional as a small group. Um, and so I think we've probably given people enough to chew on uh, to oh. keep them busy, <laughs> keep them busy for a little while. And so um, I think we can probably wrap up right there. It's just to not over, over pressure them. But so uh, again, Kayla, thank you so much. Great My input pleasure. today. Thank you. Thanks for being a part of the team and um, 
Hey, to you uh, listening audience out there, thanks for uh, listening in. Uh, hopefully, something that you've heard today has uh, kind of just sparked your heart. I really believe the way God kind of works is he'll just highlight maybe one of the things that we talked about and is saying, hey, Joe, go and do this. You know, hey, Garth, I want you to I want you to grab a hold of that thing and I want you to take that step forward. And so um, my challenge to you today is to hear the voice of the Lord in that one area and find a way to take a step in it today. Walk it out even today. Man, maybe call your small group leader um, and say, hey, I was thinking we should adopt a nation. Hey, I was thinking we should, you know, maybe uh, take a collection as a group and give to this missionary or whatever. I mean, the, the sky's the limit of the ways that you could respond in obedience to the Lord and so uh, thank you for being a part of our audience today. If you have any questions or comments or any ideas for future episodes, you can always hit me up at rickm at manahouse.church. And I'd love to interact with you, love to find out what's, uh, what's helping you and any other ways that we could continue to serve you in the future. With that, we just say a humongous God bless you today. May his face of favor shine upon you, be gracious to you and give you peace. And we will see you in the next episode.